At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare getting ready to take on spring make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools from hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste, or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products, because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. This is the Denver City Cast with Holden Kushner, presented by Bet Rivers. It is the Denver City Cast presented by Bet Rivers. It is Holden Mavison. And I got a fun show for you today. Eric Moody, my buddy from ESPN, is going to join us. We'll talk some fantasy football about Russell Wilson. We'll talk to him about some guys that are rising up his board and whether or not Melvin Gordon is worth a selection in the later rounds uh, with Javante Williams' workload looking to get bumped up a little bit. Uh, got a really cool prop up on Bet Rivers right now for the Broncos. I'll tell you that in a second. Want to talk some nuggets. Uh, Summer League continues. And then uh, the Rockies, who have been the most p- profitable public team since July started. Second most profitable team behind the Orioles. And uh, these Denver general managers. My God. Three of the four here have just been doing a bang-up job. And I want to discuss that too. But let's start. With the Front Range 4, four biggest sports stories on the Front Range. Really cool prop bet right now on Bet Rivers. Team to concede the least points in the regular season. The Bills are the favorites at minus 500. Actually, at plus 500, I should say. The Broncos are second at plus 700. And then the Rams, Patriots, and Niners, and Bucks all at 10 to 1. So Bills 5 to 1, Broncos 7 to 1. 10 to 1 for the Rams, Pats, Niners, Bucks. Now, I'm going to do a huge deep dive on this tonight, and I'll break it down tomorrow. My initial feeling, though, is that it's going to be tough for the Denver defense to hit the bet. They do have six games against high-octane offenses in the division alone. I mean, then again, they get to pick on the Texans and the Panthers and the Seahawks and the Jaguars, but 
I feel like it makes it just a little bit more difficult, like for the Bills. Uh, I don't know what the Miami offense is going to look like. I don't think it's going to flirt with anything uh, that we're going to see in the AFC West. Same thing with the Patriots. Same thing with the Jets. So I think the Bills, six games against that division, none of them are really high-octane offenses that they'll be facing, at least none that I think will be. You know, the Rams will face a couple of lesser opponents. We know that they have a, a monster defense with Donald and Ramsey. Uh, the Patriots under Belichick, the Niners, the Bucks, all 10, you know, the Bucks too. My God, they get the Panthers. They get Jameis Winston and the Saints. They get the Falcons. You know, the more I, I think about this, I'm kind of talking myself into uh, the Bills, Patriots, and Bucks right now. But again, deep dive on this tomorrow. Now, it also tells me something. It tells me what many of us feel, that the Denver defense is going to be elite this year truly believe that um so i think that this is great news when you look at these odds and again i'll break it down tomorrow i'll tell you really what i think about the broncos chances at seven to one but we'll continue here with the broncos because jeremy fowler asked executives coaches players he's with the worldwide leader by the way uh he asked coaches execs players to chime in on who the top 10 quarterbacks currently are in the national football league now Russell Wilson came in at number eight. Aaron Rodgers was number one. So top 10 quarterbacks, number one, the execs, coaches, and players saying Aaron Rodgers. Then the list rounding out the top five, Mahomes, Allen, Brady, Burrow. Then you got Stafford and Herbert, six and seven. And then Russell Wilson at eight, Deshaun Watson at nine, Dak Prescott rounding out the top 10. From the article, let me read you what uh, one executive had to say about him. He goes, he hasn't had a great 18 months in the field. The let Russ cook movement of 2020 provided fireworks in the first half of the season, but just 203.2 passing yards per game over the final seven games as defenses adjusted to his deep ball. 2021, 54.7 QBR, lowest of his career, did have a finger injury that required in-season surgery, and it clearly affected his production. He was missing layups, the easy throws he'd always hit. So, you know, I, I think that Russell Wilson here, the biggest issue I have is what one NFL personnel evaluator believes Wilson has to improve on, and that's the 179 sacks over his past 62 games. Quote-unquote, this executive says, he's got to get rid of the ball quicker. He puts the offensive line in a tough position too often when there's an easy first read. He looks for the home run and it hurts him. You know, if there's going to be a problem, I'd, I'd rather it be Russell Wilson looking for the home run than Russell Wilson just running around getting sacked. But it's, it, it is an issue. Again, we saw the Russ, the let Russ cook movement in 2020 and he's right. You know, it worked for a little bit and it came back down to earth. Um, and I think some of the issues is him thrown over the middle with accuracy. He doesn't do that. And he does hold on to the ball too long, but there's also a huge ceiling, a huge upside. You know, what is his ceiling? I think his ceiling could be the number one overall. Where's he going to end up at the end of the season? I think there's a, a likelihood of being top six, and I'll get into that in a moment. But, you know, you, you put a new coaching staff around him. They know all the warts that he has. They know all the warts. They traded for him. So they'll work on that. They'll work on him getting the ball, rid of the ball quicker. They'll work on his accuracy between the, the hash marks. And I think this is going to be a great year. 
you know, in the talent he has here. Sutton, Judy, Patrick, the running backs can catch too. Albert O at tight end. Um, there's just, he, I, I think his presence is just going to make these guys so much better. And think about it. Think about the, the value of Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf in Seattle now that Russ is gone and he has Drew Locke, right? So I want you to think about it, do a 180 there, and now DK Metcalf with Locke and, Ty and Tyler Lockett with Locke, and now you got guys that struggle with, with Locke that get Russell Wilson, which is why I think this is going to be a nice year for at least two of the three Sutton Judy and Patrick, but let's look at number one here from the article, right? Aaron Rodgers, number one. They have him at number one. I think he can be number one. His passing production, I think, is going to suffer greatly with Devontae Adams gone. They're going to run a lot. They're going to run a lot, play a lot of defense there, Green Bay. I think Wilson's going to have more passing yards and TDs than, than A-Rod. Not sure about a better record, but if we're saying the number one QB, I think the stats are going to be better for Russell Wilson. Maybe not from efficiency because Rodgers just doesn't throw interceptions, but I think yards, touchdowns, that's advantage to Russell Wilson. Patrick Mahomes, he lost Tyreek. He's coming off a 13 interception season. He's great. I have a hard time believing that Wilson passes him on this list. I mean, you've just got a generational talent in Patrick Mahomes. He's such a stud. I know you don't want to hear that because it's the Chiefs, but it's true. Uh, then you got Josh Allen. 6'5", 240. I'm not worried about him trying to rush for 1,000 yards. I love it. I love it. Big dude, give him the ball. Let him run. His completion percentage in year one was 52.8%. Last year, 69.2%. I would not be surprised to see this dude throwing the 70th percentile, and that'll make him one of the most accurate quarterbacks in the NFL, believe it or not. He has a great wide receiver in Stephon Diggs. Gabriel Davis should emerge this year. That offense is squarely on his shoulders. If he continues his accuracy trajectory, he could be number one this season. So I think no matter what, it is a reach to say Wilson's going to be the top quarterback. But Mahomes and Allen, definitely ahead of him. Then there's some guys I think he could pass. Tom Brady. He had the most passing yards and touchdowns last year in the NFL. So he brings more than stats to the table, though. He brings the winning culture. He's not physically as gifted as the younger guys. He's still a top-five quarterback. Uh, no Gronk and no Godwin, though. I think the numbers come back down. Obviously, if he leads him to a Super Bowl, he's got to be right back up there again. But I think Wilson could pass Brady. I think he could pass Joe Burrow, who I also believe has the best weapons in the NFL. And he also has a better offensive line. But does he take a step back from last year? <sighs> I mean, these guys made a run to the Super Bowl. I just think naturally, you know, the yards per attempt, the completions, yards per completion, some of these things come back down to earth. I'm not saying he's, that Wilson's going to leapfrog Burrow, but I think there's a, a better than 50% chance that happens. Matt Stafford, great arm, winner, turns the ball over too much. I think Russ could catch him. Justin Herbert, I've read this stat before. I'm going to give it to you again. Since 2020, Herbert has the second most completions and attempts, third most passing yards, ranks fifth in passing touchdowns with 69, 25 completions gaining 40 or more yards, trail only Matt Stafford. So cut down on the INTs. You know, Herbert, we could be talking about him being number one overall. He ran for 300 yards as well. Needs to cut down on those turnovers though. So 
I, I think Russ this year can catch Herbert. If if Herbert cuts down on the turnovers, though, I don't know if he can catch him. I think he can catch Stafford. I think he can catch Burrow. I think he can catch Brady. I think Russ can be a top five quarterback by the end of the year. But for now, I think he's right where he should be at number eight based on recent play. But the upside is there to pass everybody on this list. And when the season is over, I expect him to leapfrog Burrow. Possibly Stafford, possibly Brady, possibly Rodgers. I'd like to say that Russell Wilson will be a top five quarterback in the NFL once again. And I think that the third best quarterback in the game next year is an outcome I can get behind. Definitely. I would set, if we're making lists next year, I I would set five and a half as the over-under. Five and a half for Russell Wilson. Okay, that's done. Great talking to the Broncos. Let's move on to number two on the front range for the four biggest stories in sports. Michael Malone. This is fascinating. Yesterday, he said he spoke with Jamal Murray about his workload to start next season. He's going to play in the early 20-minute range early on, and he won't be playing 35 minutes per game right away. So, you know, how is this going to affect the Nuggets' win total when we get that up here? I think in the beginning of the year, you've got to really take a step back and readjust your expectations because you're not going to have Jamal Murray full go. What's he playing? 20, 24 minutes a game. And then he's probably going to get some rest days too. And I think the same thing will go on with Porter Jr. So yeah, I would love to see that. I just want to see Jamal Murray mentally out there giving 100% and not worrying about the injury, which has got to be 100% healed by now. You know, we're over a year, well over a year after it. Um, we got Summer League action tonight. Just wanted to bring that up. Summer League action tonight. Um, but the the Nuggets won't play till tomorrow at 4 Mountain Time. But Nuggets uh, had a nice little win over the Clippers. Christian Brown is struggling. Brown, through three Summer League games, won a 20 from three-point range. I'm not Listen, if you guys are overreacting at Summer League, I don't know what to tell you. Just chill out. If you're one of the donkeys that bet Chet Holmgren, you know, to, to win rookie of the year and you bet it all the way down because that line moves so much, settle down. It's the summer league, people. It's the summer league. Don't take too much out of it. I think you actually take more good out of it than bad because I'm not worried about Brown. Uh, 12 points, five assists, three blocks. He does everything else, too. He's a terrific defender. Uh, our boy Watson not good. Nine points, three of 14 shooting. I did have eight boards and two blocks. Um, but again, you know, it's, uh, I'm just looking at the rookies more than anything else. These are the guys I want to have a chance to want uh, to, to watch. Kim Agate's in there too. Brown's gonna be fine. Uh, Watson want to see if he can actually uh, make a contribution to the team this year. I think he's down in the G league a lot. Kim Agate, the same. Uh, so Nuggets Sixers, no lines up for that game. But to win the summer league, Nuggets are big dogs. 100 to 1 on Bet Rivers. 100 to 1 on Bet Rivers. Okay, now it's time for me to tell you to swing for the fences on Bet Rivers Online Sportsbook. This week, when you make a first time deposit using the code DERBY, D E R B Y, DERBY, when you deposit for the first time using the code DERBY on the Baseball Home Run Derby, you get sign up super easy with Bet Rivers Online Sportsbook or just go with the app, betrivers.com and the Sportsbook app as well. 
Deposit $100, get a free Bet Rivers bet for a home run hit. I mean, it's, come on. Or deposit $250, $250, and get the total home runs for the entire Derby as free River Bet Rivers bets. I mean, you deposit $250, let's say there's $150 home runs hit, boom, you're automatically getting the $150 back. This offer is valid through July from July 11th to the 18th. So download the Bet Rivers online sportsbook app today. Use the code Derby when you make a first-time deposit. BetRivers.com. Visit it. See all the latest odds, boosts, promotions running this baseball season. I, I love the uh, the bonus. Was it 20% bonus every Tuesday? It's my favorite. Bet with a winner. Bet with Bet Rivers. Got to be 21, located in Colorado. And if you have a gambling problem, please call one 800 522-4700. All right, let's get to number three in the front range four. Speaking of baseball, afternoon game for the Rockies, no play. I did take the Rockies just uh, for transparency. If anybody gets this before the start of the game, I think first pitch is around one o'clock our time. Uh, Rockies plus 115 on the first five money line. Blake Snell has struggled mightily here against the Rockies. I know he's on fire. He's got double digit strikeouts in these last two starts, but you know the Rockies bats are alive. Scored another 10 runs last night. I think they get to Snell, and I'm pretty confident that Freeland, you know, keeps them in check. Maybe two or three runs over the first five innings, whereas the Rockies, you know, three or four runs minimum, and you hit the money line. I mean, if they tie, you get your money back. Last night, the Rockies beat the Padres 10-6. Three-run home run and six ribbies from Jose Iglesias, who, by the way, should be on the trade block. Everybody on the Rockies should be on the trade block. But what are we going to do? How are we going to field a team? Who cares? Go field a team of schmucks. I don't care. You know? It, it, lose. Get the number one pick. Lose. You got guys that are on their way up. I mean, Ezekiel Tovar is one guy that we're big fans of, right? Give these, Give a couple of these young guys a shot here in the second half. You don't want the clock ticking on them. I don't give a damn at this point. Go find out what you have down at the minor league level. Get these guys up. Now, there is a kid, Zach Veen, is at high A right now. You're not going to see him this year. But there is a uh, former front office member that I know pretty well that thinks he is the next superstar for the Rockies. Uh, by the way, speaking of the Rockies, most and least profitable public MLB teams in July at Bet Rivers and BetRivers.com. Orioles don't lose. They have been the most profitable team in July. The second most profitable team in July. Rockies winning on uh, what? The money line? Yep. They've been some dogs here and they've been some winners. Rockies second most profitable public team in July so far. That's why we've been making money on the Rockies this month. Uh, Mariners don't lose either. They are number three. The least profitable, the Blue Jays, who just can their manager. Uh, the Yankees, who just you know, the, yeah, bet the Yankees on a money line in every game is just silly. And the Red Sox. But hey, you know, the Rockies, they've been profitable, especially when they're at home. And, and they did cash some dog tickets in Arizona, too. But this has been fun. Speaking of fun, number four on the front range, four. Four Denver general managers, three are just having amazing off seasons. We won't count the Rockies in on this. Denver actually technically has four, has two brand new GMs. Chris McFarlane with the Avs, Sackick still there, and Calvin Booth, who takes over for Connolly. 
with the Nuggets. And then we have George Payton. Okay. So let me just talk about some things that have happened recently. Joe Sackick is having a terrific offseason. Chris McFarland is now the GM. I don't know the balance of power here. I got to think Sackick has major, major input on this. But no matter what, Sackick, McFarland, the Avs are going to keep most of this team together. And they should continue to be heavy favorites to win it all. And I just love what they've done, especially yesterday. But they brought Josh Manson back. Arturi Lekkinen traded for him. They're bringing him back on a five-year deal. He was remarkable during the playoffs. Darren Helm came over from Detroit, if you'll remember. Had a Stanley Cup in his pocket. Now he's got two. He comes back on a one-year deal. Love it. Nichushkin. Eight years. I mean, this is just a remarkable start. For Colorado and free agency. Okay, let Darcy Kemper go. Fine. They got Alexander Georgiev for the next three years. I mean, they proved they could win with a mediocre goalie and Kemper last year. I think they can win with Georgiev. Burkowski moved to Seattle. I'm fine with that, too. Um, so this is terrific. And, and they might bring Kadri back, too. They bring Kadri back, they get an A++++++. Right now, they they get an A. Um I'll also say, and McFarland was talking about uh, Nazem Kadri. He said, we asked Kadri's agent to keep us in the loop. The Avs have about $4.6 in cap space, so they need to trade a veteran to free up enough space to bring Kadri back. But like I said, you bring Kadri, Kadri back, you get like a 75 pluses. They don't. They still had an amazing offseason. So good job, Sackick and McFarland. Uh, Calvin, and this is in no particular order, by the way. I think all of these guys have just had sensational off seasons. Uh, Calvin Booth of the Nuggets, A plus off season two. Love the KCP move. Contavious Caldwell Pope. They just signed him to a two year, $30 million extension. So he's here for three years unless they trade him. So two more years after his current deal is up after this season. Love the deal for KCP. Love the Bruce Brown signing. And that's going to help in a lot of ways. Defensively, I think most importantly, he could play MPJ's role. Much, much shorter, much smaller than Porter Jr., but better defensively. And he can play Porter Jr.'s role once Porter Jr. gets hurt. You know, it wasn't easy for Booth to take over for Connolly either. It was just, you know, right there with the draft and free agency. He traded Barton and Morris almost immediately. He knew what he had to do. I think drafting Christian Brown is going to pay off. Big time. And a little bit this year and going forward, this guy is going to be a key cog. He's going to be a starter for a while here. And then you've got Watson and Kamigate as projects. They've already improved this team defensively. And we've been saying this for years. And they finally did the, they finally made the moves that are going to at least put them in the position, in the position to be a great defensive team. All right, let's move on to the Broncos. We know the Broncos have been pretty good too, huh? Yeah, George Payton, having, is he having the best offseason? I think so, and that's saying something, because look what the Avs and the Nuggets have done. George Payton might be having the best offseason of any general manager in the history of the world. First, he got to fire Vic Fangio and hire Nathaniel Hackett. I don't want that to sound like he enjoyed firing Fangio. I, there are very few people that I know that enjoy firing people, but it's a move that had to be made. And he brought in Nathaniel Hackett, and then he trades for Russell Wilson. So now you're the biggest, not only the biggest story in Denver, you're the biggest story in the National Football League on the field. And then he re-upped linebacker Malik Reed. 
and he beefed up the defensive line with DJ Jones and Randy Gregory, and he brought back Melvin Gordon. Let's see how the draft picks work out, but, I mean, it's, congrats to these guys. Again, they haven't – I mean, the Avs won something, but the Nuggets and the Broncos still have a lot to prove. They are on the right path. Huge fan of what they've done. Let me just throw in a, uh, a 4B. So maybe that was 4A. Let me throw in a 4B. Uh, we know some of the play-by-play guys and ladies that will be calling the Broncos games this year. Broncos in London, Steve Levy, Lewis Riddick, Dan Orlovsky, Laura Rutledge. So basically Monday Night Football of old. That was their number two team. Um, it's only going to be streamed on ESPN+. Plus. Uh, I don't know. That'll be on ABC here locally. They rarely, if ever, you know, if you have a game on cable, rarely, if ever, don't show it on the local market on free TV. And you have the partnership with ESPN and ABC. So I wouldn't worry about that, guys. That's going to be 7.30 a.m. So waking up (laughs) is going to be the toughest part of that one. Um, And then the Broncos open the season on Monday Night Football against the Seahawks. So we got Aikman and Buck, Troy Aikman and Joe Buck. On those calls. So. That's that. Let's come back. Eric Moody. ESPN. Russell Wilson. Number one fantasy quarterback. Question mark. Melvin Gordon. Javante. We'll talk about that. And some other players that are kind of moving up his list this offseason. That's next on the Denver CityCast. Presented by Bet Rivers. Bet Rivers is offering new customers a deposit match up to $250 when you sign up today. In addition to their welcome bonus, Bet Rivers has daily and ongoing promotions that can provide extra value. Download the Bet Rivers app or go to betrivers.com to sign up. Must be 21, must be located in Colorado. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 522 4700. Well, Mr. Moody from ESPN, now he's blowing up. He's turning into a big star. He's getting up there on ESPN. He's got Russell Wilson, the number one fantasy quarterback. He's got so much to say. Mr. Moody, thank you for the time. How are you, my friend? No, I'm doing uh, doing really well. I'd say if I were doing any better, uh, I'd be a twin. So doing great. Ah, that's great to hear. So we've discussed the whole Russell Wilson going number one thing, but that's it. You've officially planted your flag. Mm -hmm. Everybody knows Russell Wilson. Go back to Moody. He's the guy. So let's just talk about this again. How does Russell Wilson have a path to be the number one overall fantasy quarterback? And then we could talk about him for real. All right. So, yeah, well, I think the best place to start is – just think about just think about Denver. I guess they've been since 2016. You know, once Peyton Manning retired, I'll just say they have been in quarterback purgatory. It's it's been pretty dismal. And so since that time frame, Russell Wilson, you know, has, has thrived because if you look at his numbers, I'm like he's he ranked eighth in completion, sixth in passing yards, and third in touchdowns since 2016. Really, for a Seattle offense that was 31st in total passing attempts over that time frame. And he's had a great, you know, a great career, you know, with uh, the Seattle Seahawks. And he's going to translate that over to Denver uh, because, again, they've been in quarterback uh, purgatory. But I, I will I will mention this as well. Uh, some fantasy players may forget this, but let, let's rewind the clocks back to the 2020 season. During the first eight weeks of that season, the Seahawks actually allowed Russ to cook, and the results were glorious. So if you look at that time frame, like he had 206 fantasy points. Only Patrick Mahomes accumulated more. Now you look at Wilson in Denver. He's surrounded by the best supporting cast of his career. 
you know, he's got players like Cortland Sutton, Tim Patrick, guys who have very large catch radiuses that complement Wilson's career completion rate of 65%. Furthermore, he's got a coaching staff that does believe in him, and they're building this offense completely around him. Then to bring all that together, you've got the AFC West, which I project to be one of the high-scoring I say one of the highest scoring divisions in the league. So he's going to have ample opportunities to throw the football. And I think he'll end up having the best statistical season of his career. What about just as far as quarterbacks go in real life NFL? Yeah. Because I think that, yeah, ESPN had Russell Wilson as the eighth quarterback. Mm -hmm. And this is obviously just gathering things and coming into this season. Yeah. In real life, where do you think Russell Wilson ends up? Uh, ahead of Herbert and Mahomes? Ahead of Burrow? Or is he kind of right where he needs to be right now at number eight? Because fantasy in real life, <laughs> two totally different things, Moody. Yeah, no, and you, you're spot on uh, with that, Holden. And, and I would bump him up a, a couple of more spots. Like, I believe he could end up finishing, like, in the, in the top five. I did have, like, one bold prediction like, on another show that I was on. It was a fantasy football-centric show, but it wouldn't surprise me, uh, just given Russell Wilson's career trajectory up at this point, you know, that it's in the realm of possibility that he could lead the league in passing yards. I'm like, they acquired him for a reason, so they're going to throw the football. Interesting. It's absolutely fascinating how high you are on Russell Wilson because you're kind of echoing Denver right now. Everybody. This this guy has changed everything in Denver, too. Oh, the Avalanche won the Cup. That, that's a huge story still. But there's still no impact like that of the Broncos here in Denver. And the story so far, um, he's jet-setting around the country. His wife is popping pimples on his on his face. All this other stuff. Can we just get this going already? I cannot wait to see the connection between him and Sutton and Judy and Patrick. That, to me, is just going to tell us so much. Because you talk about the upside of Russell Wilson. Mm -hmm. We haven't really seen much of the upside out of Jerry Judy or Tim Patrick yet. No. And I feel like those are the two guys that could benefit the most. Obviously, Sutton has had numbers, mm -hmm. but... As far as the wide receiver pecking order goes, how are you feeling about that? Yeah, no, they, they all three of them in, are in a position to have excellent seasons. Uh, I guess from a fantasy lens, you know, the fantasy managers are obviously prioritizing Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy. But you look at someone like Tim Patrick, who I like quite a bit, especially at his average draft position, like he's someone that could easily see 90 targets in this offense. And from a fantasy lens, considering his ADP, he's a very nice value. But to your point, like with adding someone like Wilson, he does like elevate the ceiling of, of all three of these quarterbacks. Because you have to think about the – they were receiving targets, you know, with the previous quarterbacks. But one thing that I think about is the quality of targets. You know, so the quality of these targets are going to get from Russell, uh, Russell Wilson, excuse me, is uh, it's going to be much, much improved than what they've seen in the past. So I think all three of them are in a position to have a career season. All right. So if you check out Moody, at Eric N. Moody, he does something different here. He kind of has threads for stories. Mm -hmm. And I like the one here with 26 stats that are going to help you win this year. Again, we're mm -hmm. doing a lot of fantasy football stuff here. But you know, it's mm -hmm. that season. Jonathan Taylor is the top fantasy pick. Mm -hmm. He's missed, uh, let's see here, the top overall pick has missed at least 10 games in three of the last five seasons. Mm -hmm. And four of the last five did not play in the second to last week of the regular season. Mm -hmm. So talk to me here. Um, stay away from Jonathan Taylor? Is that what that means? Yeah, and I, I would say the, the intent of that stat is, is not to completely fade Jonathan Taylor because you have the number one pick. 
I mean, you, in many cases, you know, you do have to select them. I think it's more of a cautionary tale because you want to, you want to go in thinking, okay, what's the best case scenario? What's the range of outcomes? Obviously him finishing as a top two, top three fantasy running back is in the realm of possibility, but I think it's valuable to know that, Hey, the top overall pick, you know, has missed some games, but most importantly, you know, to have a contingency plan in place, like if that scenario does happen. And you know what, uh, Holden, uh, I'll kind of close the gap with this. It's like I have seen actually in some drafts Christian McCaffrey go number one overall and not Taylor. That makes sense. I, I, I know it, it's wild, but I have seen that recently, I would say over the last like three to four weeks, just in observing mocks and participating in them, which was very surprising to me as well. <laughs> If you are not drafting Jonathan Taylor because his workload last year, what is your excuse for drafting Christian McCaffrey? You know, <laughs> it, you're not drafting him because of his workload, but you're mm -hmm. taking McCaffrey, who's basically breaking. I think they broke him. You know, we can mm -hmm. get some games out of him, but at this point, McCaffrey is kind of off of my my radar. Unless, mm -hmm. I mean, he'd have to drop way down the first. The probably, you know what, Moody? It, I might not just take him in any draft. And as far as Derrick Henry goes, let's talk about him real quick, too. Yeah. He's, his body's a lot bigger. He could take a lot more of the pounding. But here's another guy. Mm -hmm. He's got like 200,000 miles on him if he's a car. Both those guys, mm -hmm. I'm kind of not taking a risk on them. And I'm a risk taker when it comes to this stuff. But mm -hmm. those are two guys I'm not messing with. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. Because you've got, um, you know, Der uh, Derrick Henry. You know, he's, got the, he's got the touches. Uh, that he's had, especially over the past two seasons, huge workload. But I'm just, I'm thinking as you're going through that, you know, I'd rather have, uh, they have similar ADPs. I just rather have Dalvin Cook to be candid with you. Because uh, uh, he hasn't, yeah. I mean, he's broken down before, but I think that's for other reasons. The workload just hasn't been there. So I'm with, and, and it's a, I, to me, it's a better offense mm -hmm. than both the other guys. Uh, we just worked something out here, Moody. Get rid of CMC and Henry. Let's just let's put our boy in there. Yeah, you, you know, it, it, it's crazy to think about it because, you know, a lot of drafters are looking like it, you know, the rankings that they have on whichever platform they're using in ADP. But, you know, if, if I have like, a, you know, a top four, top five pick, I'm like, you, you have to consider Dalvin Cook. So I'm like, he's average, you know, 23.7 touches and 122.3 total yards per game since 2020. Then when you combine his body of work with his usage, he's expected to be used a lot more in the passing game uh, under uh, O'Connell, you know, as they uh, entered this uh, new uh, coaching regime era. So I, I like Cook quite a bit. I just think he's someone that could exceed uh, expectations. And I think this is a year that we uh, see a step back with Henry. So, Moody, uh, you love Russell Wilson this year, and I'm high on him too. I think mm -hmm. he's more of a top five to seven guy. Yeah. My guy is Lamar Jackson. Mm -hmm. And here was an MVP candidate early last year. Once again, the injury, but mm -hmm. now he's playing for a contract. This whole contract thing in, mm -hmm. in Baltimore is mind boggling. Yeah. But uh, it's got fishbowl. I don't know if you're playing in this, if you don't know what Scott fishbowl is, you know, it's a two quarterback league. I had the third overall pick. There were some good quarterbacks sitting there. I took mm -hmm. Lamar Jackson, number three overall. Yeah. Um, you're going to have Mark Andrews, Rashad Bateman. Mm -hmm. And what else? So let's talk about his weapons. Because for me, a lot of that has to do with the rushing game. You know, he's going to run for over a thousand yards. Mm -hmm. Give that to me. He could pass too. He was got a little bit better with accuracy. Again, this is just the beginning of last year. But what about his passing game? 
Yeah, I don't. I don't think it's as dire as uh, as many people are making it out to be. And I do like Lamar Jackson, like as a as a bounce back candidate for this year. I'm like, if you're in a draft and you want to take a quarterback early, I'm like, I like Lamar Jackson. If you want to roll the dice with him in the fifth or sixth round, I, I'm totally behind that. But as far as like his uh, playmakers, obviously you mentioned Mark Andrews, uh, Rashad Bateman. I, I do believe that the passing offense will continue to be funneled through those two players. But someone I wouldn't overlook, especially if you're in a very, very deep league, is uh, Devin Duvernay. I know he's gotten some some positive publicity this offseason. And I think he's someone that could get a, more targets than what people anticipate. But I'm okay with his playmakers. You know, he's going to generate most of his fantasy points with his legs anyway. But I do see him taking a step forward, uh, you know, as a quarterback and as a passer this year. To your point, Holden, he's playing for a contract. So you're going to want to put his bet, uh, best foot forward, right? Yeah. And I'm going to go back to Denver now. Okay. Because number nine here. You've got among active running backs, Melvin Gordon, 6,144 mm-hmm. career rushing yards, ranking number four, Ingram, Elliott, Derrick Henry, the only running backs with more. Now, mm-hmm. there's obviously going to be a big change here. Javante mm-hmm. is going to get the majority of the touches. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean that Melvin Gordon, A, wouldn't have a massive opportunity to be in the smash spot if Williams mm-hmm. can't play all year. And B, he's still going to get some work. Mm-hmm. What do you want to do with Melvin Gordon this year? <laughs> no, I, I, I love Melvin, Melvin Gordon this year, especially when you look at his average draft position. Like, if you're participating, like, in a 12-team league, I'm like, he's readily available, like, in the eighth or ninth round. But I, I know you mentioned that stat, but you look at what he's been able to do in Denver, you know, two 900-yard rushing seasons. Uh, you know, he had to split carries with uh, Philip Lindsay back in 2020, Javante Williams last year. Now, I know everyone's excited about Javante Williams. I'll raise my hand, too. I'm very excited about his uh, future outlook. But here's the deal. The Broncos brought Melvin Gordon back for a reason. He will be involved. And I think he'll be more involved than what people anticipate. Like, Colton, it wouldn't surprise me if the opportunity share between those two running backs is eerily similar this year to what it was uh, last year. And then when we factor in Russell Wilson uh, in this offense, you know, who knows? Melvin Gordon could carve out a role for where he's the, you know, he's the primary option when they're in the red zone. And that's only going to catapult his uh, his fantasy football value. So, again, uh, Melvin Gordon obviously caps at Williams' ceiling. But I actually prefer just rolling the dice with someone like Gordon just because it's not as much risk with that pick, just given their respective ADPs. I mean, I can see Gordon getting mm-hmm. some carries inside the five. He does oh, have yeah. a nose for the end zone. But mm-hmm. I'll, I, I will have major question marks about mm-hmm. this coaching staff <laughs> if he's getting all the touches in the red zone. <laughs> Rational <laughs> coaching, right? He's just so much more explosive. I like Melvin Gordon, too. I think he gets a bad rap. He's a he's a good running back. Good. But yes. when you have a great talent, possibly a transcendent talent, if Melvin Gordon's getting the majority of the red zone touches and touches inside the five, uh, I'm going to have some question marks. <laughs> Yeah, you know who knows? Like, like I was saying, just rational coaching. You just, uh, you just, you just never know. I just know they're paying him money for a reason, and you know why pay him the money that they did uh, to to not use him. So you know, just dollars and cents right. drives a lot. I'm gonna, I'm gonna so. keep going through some yeah. of these other oh, things yeah. here because they're they're just fascinating. Leonard Fournette. Okay. He's not Fat Lenny. He's not you know Uncle Lenny <laughs> here, right? Um, no Gronk. No Godwin. You would think that there's going to be some more running in Tampa. Mm-hmm. What do I want to do with Eric, uh, with Leonard Fournette this year? I, I really like Leonard Fournette. Uh, yeah. look, look at his average draft position. I'm like, you can get him in the second, sometimes third round from the fantasy lens. But uh, 
here's a stat from that thread, which I thought was interesting. Okay, so you look at Fournette. He's averaged 17.8 touches and 90.4 total yards per game last season. Given the offseason changes, he's going to have an eerily similar role uh, as he did last year. Now, I find it hard to believe, like, you know, Tom Brady's, and, and especially in the backfield, is not going to lean heavily, like, on a rookie or, like, a younger back, especially when it comes to pass protection and considering Tom Brady's age. But the Buccaneers are 17-2 and two when Fournette has 10 or more rushing attempts and 14-1 and one when he rushes for 50 or more yards. Again, Fournette is a sound pick at his ADP. Don't overcomplicate things. Don't get cute. Take Fournette. Okay. So mm-hmm. just a couple more, and then I'll let you get back to work, and you can actually mm-hmm. go – and do some more important things right now. Um, I want to talk about the Chiefs and the former Chiefs. Okay. So Tyreek Hill. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of questions. Oh, he's not with Mahomes anymore. We've seen plenty of wide receivers go from their old home to their new home, and mm-hmm. the production takes a drop here. What are we doing with Tyreek? I mean, is he going to be a top 10 guy in targets again? <sighs> how, do you, how do you handicap this guy? Well, when you look at Tyreek um... – I'll say a couple of things. So I, I don't think that he'll um, see like a, as much as a significant drop as people think with uh, Tua uh, under center. I'm like, they're obviously paying him a lot of money. They brought him over to be Tua's number one target. The targets will be there. Now, obviously, it's a drop off from someone like Patrick Mahomes to Tua. But one thing that um, I would say their head coach, uh, McDaniels, uh, likes to do is um, – really lean heavily like on his players' um, yards after the catch ability. And Tyreek Hill is one of the best. So they're just going to do what they can to get the ball in his hands and let him go to work. But I'll kind of close the loop on this with the stats. So since 2010, there have been like 15 instances of wide receivers changing teams in the offseason after surpassing 1,000 or more yards the previous season. Now, the wide receiver had another 1,000-yard season nine times in his first year with the new team. So Tyreek Hill catching passes from Tua, he's going to be just fine this season. I'm going to be honest with you. The only reason I asked you about him is because I saw him uh, run yeah. uh, against 40 female or young lady mm-hmm. fantasy or flag football players, and he just blew past all of them. Yeah. So he definitely has that working for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, last thing, what about the team he leaves behind with the Chiefs? Sky Moore? Uh, Juju, I mean, Juju's my big question mark here. Isn't Valdez Scantling a one-trick pony at this point? I don't know. You tell me about Patrick Mahomes' weapons besides for Kelsey. Yeah, so uh, one thing with the Chiefs, you know, everyone's talking about, you know, hey, the Chiefs have 340 vacated targets and a lot of air yards, 2,748 to be exact, heading into this season. So they're obviously looking to replace the explosiveness, uh, excuse me, the explosiveness that uh, Tyreek Hill, you know, provided them like all these years. So, when you look at their playmakers, you know, you mentioned Sky Moore. You know, he was a stud at Western Michigan. He had a uh, dominated rating of 44.8%. This metric measures how many touchdowns, receiving yards, player commands, like, within his own offense. But don't forget about Juju Smith-Schuster. I'm like, he's the only player on that roster that has, like, a, a season on his resume with a 1,000 or more yards. And I like him quite a bit in you know, real-life NFL and in fantasy because I don't – I can't remember the exact number off the top of my head, but – Patrick Mahomes is like one of the top three quarterbacks in the league over the past two seasons when it comes to targeting his uh, slot receivers. So that obviously bodes well for Juju. So I think he'll end up being the breakout star in this uh, offense from a fantasy lens. So he's someone I've aggressively targeted. 
Yeah. Yeah. Stay healthy news there. Yeah. Exactly. Um, Moody, thank you so much for the time once again. Plug everything that you're doing here. Love the content you're throwing out. No, no, appreciate that, Holden. I would say, first of all, yeah, thanks for the invite as always. It's always a pleasure to get on. I'll say, second, I think I'm due for um, a second cup of coffee, like I said, late night, getting that WNBA content together. So, see, I'll be, I'll be joining you here in a moment. But, uh, you know, as Holden mentioned, you can find all my written content, audio content, video content uh, over at ESPN. So, I write about the NFL, of course. NBA, WNBA from the fantasy sports and sports betting land. So if you're not following me on Twitter already, stop what you're doing. Hit that follow button at Eric N. Moody. If you like all those things I mentioned and also a little dash of 1990s nostalgia, you'll be right at home. 90s nostalgia. There's nothing better. You know what? My daughter is at 90s day camp today. I wonder what they do. I told her about grunge. She's like, ooh, I like plaid shirts, daddy. But uh, I'm not going to go to the mall and buy her that. My credit card is going to be used plenty enough as I get older. Moody, you're awesome. Thank you so much for hopping on the program. Thanks, to everybody, for checking the show out today. Appreciate that. Follow me on Twitter at Holden Radio. Five-star review. Something nice would be nice, too, for our producer, Stephen Young. Appreciate everyone checking out the Denver City Cast presented by Bet Rivers.